Good morning. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. But first, let's catch up with some of the day's top headlines. New data from the Department of Labor shows 1.49 million people filed unemployment claims this past week, an increase of over 100,000 from the week before. It's the first time since March that this number has gone up. After three days of talks, congressional Republicans reached a tentative agreement with the White House on a new $1 trillion pandemic relief bill. The GOP now begins negotiations with Democrats. Texas reached a new single-day high in coronavirus deaths on Wednesday. And California surpassed New York as the state with the most confirmed cases. Let's start with the record number of elections-related lawsuits that are being filed in the run-up to this year's race for the White House. It seems every element of the voting process is being contested, from where you vote Mm -hmm. to who pays for the stamp on your mail-in ballot. Loyola Marymount University law professor Justin Levitt tells Bloomberg, everybody is suing about everything. His research shows at least 163 cases have already been filed across 41 states and D.C., Yet not surprisingly, a lot of this is related to the coronavirus. A lot of people are expected to vote by mail this year, and it's very likely that there won't be as many in-person polling places open. Bloomberg and USA Today each have articles out this week that show both Democratic and Republican groups are filing lawsuits. Some of these lawsuits are trying to change your deadline for mail-in ballots. Most states require ballots be received by Election Day. Bloomberg is reporting some groups argue because the pandemic slowed the Postal Service, Ballots postmarked by Election Day should also be accepted. Yeah, in other states, you need a reason, some kind of legitimate excuse to request an absentee ballot. And while some jurisdictions have relaxed these rules, others are still not budging. So those states are also being sued. Some states require mail-in ballots be either notarized or signed by a witness. And then there are those that allow you to have somebody else mail your ballot in for you. Problem is, you might have to get too close for comfort to those people And social distancing complicates things. Mm -hmm. Lawsuits there, too. Yeah, the big takeaway here is vote early if you can. If you're voting by mail, request your ballot early, read the instructions carefully, and don't wait until the last minute to put it in the mailbox. If a person commits a crime, is found guilty, and goes to prison, would you call that justice? What if that's not what the victim wants? What if the victim wants to talk to the offender, wants answers, maybe even wants to forgive? This is the central idea of restorative justice. It's a philosophy that takes into account not only the needs of the victim, but also the humanity of the offender and the community at large. This approach to criminal justice is slowly gaining traction in many parts of the U.S. And as cities rethink policing, the idea of restorative justice is being brought up more and more. The Atlantic teamed up with the Marshall Project to report on restorative justice in Jacksonville, Florida. A few things to know about crime there. Jacksonville is the murder capital of the state. And if Florida was its own country, according to the Marshall Project, it would have the highest incarceration rate in the world. Hmm. And the person that you'll meet in this article is Melissa Nelson, a Republican state prosecutor who took office in 2017. She's central to this story. One of Nelson's first cases involved the murder of a young woman. 
The state was seeking the death penalty, but the victim's mother didn't want her daughter's admitted killer to be executed. No, she wanted to talk with him in person. Nelson reluctantly agreed. So mom and a man who was only facing charges at the time ended up talking together for about an hour. By the end of that hour, they were praying together. They walked away agreeing he would plead guilty and serve a life sentence. The experience changed them both. This was a revelation for Nelson. She managed to honor the wishes of the victim's family without having to go to trial or sentence someone to death. But in a different, gruesome murder case just a few years later, when she tried to introduce restorative justice, it failed. And the victim's family was devastated. What you're hearing is a group of mothers singing in Oregon. They're known as the Wall of Moms, and for days now, as police and protesters face off, these women have been outside the federal courthouse in Portland. The city has become the epicenter of a new type of movement for justice. The Washington Post profiles the Wall of Moms and explains how they came together. After videos started circulating of federal officers picking up protesters and driving away in unmarked cars, a few dozen moms showed up at the federal courthouse. They linked arms together, and they used their bodies to shield protesters from officers. Police tear-gassed these women, shot them with non-lethal bullets. But these mothers are still showing up, and their numbers are growing. Hundreds of moms now show up nightly in Portland. And organized groups of mothers are now gathering to demonstrate in cities around the country, like in New York and Chicago. The Washington Post talks with a few moms involved in this movement. And one woman said... She hadn't been out protesting until now out of fear of coronavirus, but seeing other women take action encouraged her to come out. Others spoke about George Floyd and how just before he died with a police officer's knee on his neck, he called out Mama, Mama, I'm through. Portland's Wall of Moms is made up of women who have different experiences with protests. Some of them say that they're new to it. But for many African-American moms, this is not new. Black mothers have been at the forefront of calling for criminal justice reform for years and years. And I mean, what you're saying makes me think of that group that calls themselves Mothers of the Movement. Exactly. Right. These are the mothers whose children were killed by police or gun violence. I'm talking about the moms of Trayvon Martin, of Sandra Bland, of Eric Garner. <laughs> we get mad. We get out. We march. We scream. We holler. And then we go back to our regular lives. That's a moment. A moment is strategic. That's Gwen Carr, Eric Garner's mother, speaking at a protest last month. She's been pushing for change at the legislative level since her son was killed in 2014. Just last month, she succeeded. New York passed into law the Eric Gardner Anti-Chokehold Act. The law criminalizes the use of chokeholds by police officers if it leads to serious injury or death. Duarte, Major League Baseball officially opens its season today after being delayed for months because of the pandemic. Yeah, but this season's going to be pretty different. For one, there are no fans in the stadiums, just these cardboard cutouts in the stands. And yeah, you'll <laughs> hear cheers, but they'll be pre-recorded. And another big change is the number of games. The usual is a 162-game season, and that's going to be condensed to 60. 
Right. If you're a diehard fan, you might feel like you're missing out. But Roger Sherman at The Ringer makes the case for loving the shortened season. He says with fewer games, there's going to be more on the line. It's going to feel like every single game is more exciting, kind of like watching the playoffs. And if you're not happy with that, just let the MLB know. They're allowing fans to cheer or boo into an app, and they'll use that to match what's going on in the stadium. So let them have it. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out our latest feature, Audio Stories. These are narrated versions of articles from some of the best magazines and newspapers, available to News Plus subscribers in our new audio tab. Because great journalism deserves to be seen and heard. Join us again tomorrow.